My name is Chris Spaggs, and I'm on a quest to stack up every team in the NFL in best ball this summer, and I'm going to do it with the help of this randomizer wheel right here to determine which team today I'll be trying to grab in best ball mania four. Spin the wheel and make the deal. Just to get the Chiefs, the Falcons, and today, oh, not the Colts, the Commanders. Cam and applause. Of course, I am already in the best ball mania room as I ham-fistedly pull that up over here, waiting for four people. Best ball mania four, of course, three million dollars to first place. My preferred place to be drafting, uh, especially because I've almost maxed out the poodle two on there. Uh, let me also update the banner because this is a professional show where I want everybody to know when you're scrolling through, I want you to see this guy right here. He's stacking commanders with reckless abandon. Honestly, I'm not mad about stacking the commanders today. I actually even started to take a little Sam Howell. Um, I was a guy who over the course of the spring believed a little more that uh, Jacoby Reset can end up the starter, but it is Sam Howell taking all the first team reps, even with Jacoby Myers available in OTAs so far. Uh, so that seems like Howell, at least starting well in position, even if he might lose that job over the course of the year. We have filled here, as you can see on the screen, I am in the 101 spot. So um, that'll not really affect me for Washington very much. Obviously not a lot of commanders going early. Do definitely want to get McLaurin at some point, but obviously if I don't get him, we will have Dotson. We will have Brian Robson. We will have Antonio Gibson. We will have even Chris Rodriguez in the 18th round if we want. So some ways to get there uh, for Washington today. Shout out to the chat as well. DK finally got a draft board. Yes, I saw Liam Murphy, of course, the multi-time winner of a couple of best ball tournaments out there. Uh, excitedly streaming about that one this morning. So go check out DK if you want. I'm waiting for them to have some mobile improvements. But DK to me, as I've said a few times, just kind of feels like work. Whereas underdog, I enjoy this. Like I enjoy the stream part of it. I enjoy the actual drafts. Um, I am going to take Justin Jefferson here. No surprises. Um, we'll point out one thing too with Jamar Chase, which I've seen a little bit of talk about this week as it relates to Joe Burrow. Jamar Chase, I know, is a great player, great volume guy. Guy who also does absorb a lot of the target share uh, when T. Higgins isn't out there on the field, as we saw last year uh, when Higgins was banged up. But I really do think if you are one of those people who believes Jamar Chase is the wide receiver one this year, and it's for a reason besides like Justin Jefferson, you know, being injured, obviously we can't predict that. I just don't believe it. Like Jamar Chase was a guy who was basically, um, this is going to be a hot take, but the guy who kind of resonates to me as like the receiver version of Saquon, where there's a lot of volume there, he's perfectly good with that volume, but not an outlier player, like not even compared to T. Higgins, who's a, a positive EPA guy, positive DVOA guy in the team. Of course, those are two of the advanced stats that I cite the most and find have the most correlation to outlier fantasy performance the most. Um, but, you know, Jamar Chase to me is just such a tier behind Justin Jefferson that even if I get the 101, I'm probably not going to force my way to Chase very much this summer. So. That's just my take. You know, you guys may disagree. Obviously, I know there's a lot of chase lovers out there. And obviously, Cincinnati is a lot of fun as well. Uh, let's see. CMC as a bring back. No, that won't be one I'll be getting to. Ayuk as a bring back for week 17 might be nice. Uh, Eli Mitchell, always a guy I get to at running back, especially in zero RB builds, which uh, I would definitely like to get to today because frankly, I've been taking too many running backs lately and I'll, I'll even play the gift for myself because it just, it bums me out. Like the way that the ADP rooms, yes, I'm a little running back piggy. I just can't help myself from snarfing them up. Um, it's just one of those things that for me, like I... I don't feel comfortable with how it's become so comfortable to take running backs earlier when I know that the way that I like to play as wide receiver heavy, when I know that the way that I did well last year, uh, my BBM finalists that finished top 200 despite that that gosh darn Bills Bengals game um, not going off in the way that I needed. Uh, that's a team that was zero RB and was staunchly zero RB. And I also believe my own ability to kind of pine for gold or pan for gold, I guess, really uh, pining for gold as well, like really looking for it deep in my heart um, with those kind of late round running backs. So. 
Um, I want to try to remember my roots here and start start pissing a little more in these rooms, so to speak. Not literally, hopefully. Jeremy and this one got in again, 10th pick for him. So kudos to you, Jeremy. Shouts everybody as well hanging out here. Our guy Batch9 in the room once again. So hopefully he is attentive at his computer with a nice little AJ Brown, Jalen Hurts start where you are basically blackmailed into taking Jalen Hurts at that pick if you want to have your elite QB and stack him up with AJ Brown. But uh, sometimes the way it's got to be. Uh, Josh Allen falling a little bit more in these draft rooms, uh, draft rooms I've seen recently. So I know that's one of the predictions I've seen on social media a lot is that Josh Allen will kind of come down to the third round at some point over the course of this summer. Um, definitely a possibility, but Jalen Hurts, it feels like he's pre been pretty locked in in drafts I've been at least. Um, definitely, you know, mid-20s at the highest, but he's not going into the third round very often. And he's, oh, there's Batch saying, I'm going to redeem myself today. Okay, I hope so. I mean, look, this is a place, uh, you know, I was watching Ted Lasso. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, but this the theme of this week's episode was all about second chances and whatever. And I, I always believe in that. Obviously, as somebody who's committed some public faux pas myself that I think uh, got dragged for in a way that's not great, I would say that people always deserve a second chance, whether it be in best ball, whether it be in life, whatever the case may be. Jalen Waddle late in this room, going to 20 here. So he actually might be in a little bit of a, a running back piggy room. Uh, as you can see with this guy taking two running backs here, Bijan and Chubb, this guy going McCaffrey and Ramondre. Um, we might be able to get some wide receiver steals today because usually Waddle, I don't often see Waddle lasting past 17 these days. And it doesn't feel like a lot, obviously 17 to 20. Like if I'm talking about these numbers, they are just, it's a three pick difference. It doesn't really matter. But when it's consistently happening over and over again, and like you can't even get Tyreek and Waddle together very much, um, I think it's one way to tell if you are in kind of a wide receiver heavy room or a running back heavy room. Um, on the clock here. Hmm. So could do something. You know what? This could be interesting. All right. We're going to pair our probably crappy QB uh, with a good QB. Pat, uh, Pat Mahomes. This is something that somebody I've, I think it was white Lancer um, in chat. So I want to give the full credit. Of course, I appreciate everybody who leaves the comments on these streams as well. I know these are not, uh, these are not qualified as Pete BBM four, not BBM four entry, uh, Pete 15,000 subscriber giveaways. Uh, but any comments left here, I always appreciate and read. Somebody suggested if I am taking one of these crappy QBs, like last week, having to take Desmond Ritter, maybe try to pair him with an elite QB. And I think this room aligned pretty well with that, where I'm going to try to build out Cincinnati KC. I'm also going to get Justin Jefferson and hopefully some green Bay. And then I'll get some Washington, San Francisco. So that's going to be my week 17 pairings. I will try to hit here. I mean, as Pete talked about on the Monday stream and kind of, or Tuesday stream and kind of asked me um, some pointed questions about, I would say with my strategy, I do try to read the room and figure out where it's going, but obviously I have my leans in terms of ways I want to try to go in a draft and attack it. And Minnesota Green Bay is one of those ways I love to try to attack a draft. Uh, Cincinnati KC is obviously a very, a very obvious one uh, that people are going to want to attack that way because if there's any game you could look at week 17 and go, yep, that's going to have over a 50 point over under. It is Cincinnati KC. So um, nothing surprising there, but I do think Minnesota Green Bay, Cincinnati KC, a taste of uh, San Francisco, Washington. I think that'll look well for a kind of overall team build. Seam will be very nice if you get Terry at 48. Fingers crossed. Okay, let's let's not <laughs> jinx me, I guess. Uh, but yes, I, I think it, I'm well aligned. I think these pockets are good. And Terry's a guy, too, that I'm more enthusiastic about Terry McLaurin than other people are. Like, he was a really good player last year, uh, despite the fact that that QB play was pretty hit or miss. Like, Heineke kind of forcing the ball more. Garson Wentz looked good to begin the season and then really fell off of a cliff fast. So I think that uh, it's going to be an improvement whether it's Howell or Brissett out there. Um, and Brissett was a guy too that I think if Brissett does end up getting some snaps, if like Howell starts slow or they just realize he's not going to be the future in the way they want him to be, 
Um, Brissett was really good last year at Cleveland. Like I think, you know, kind of got overshadowed by the Deshaun stuff, but a uh, reliable rusher guy was getting a, a ball outside pretty well. Like Amari Cooper had his best games of them. So uh, I'd be comfortable with McLaurin with Brissett for sure. Last year went heavy on heavy stacks, lots of Eagles and Dolphins combos. Thoughts on that approach? Um, I mean, normally the stacks you're trying to still get to like a four man stack max. Um, I do try to tag on more week 17 correlations overall than stacks. Like obviously with the QBs, I'm willing to get, you know, for each of those stacks along with each QB. But besides that, I'm trying to tack on like, oh, here's one Tennessee guy. Here's one Houston guy. Cause you know that a, they're playing week 17. They also are going to be playing a couple times in the fantasy playoffs, but I only really care about the week 17. I don't track the week 15 and week 16 stuff. Um, but for me, I would say that's sort of what I try to do more is just one player from Minnesota and green Bay, one player from Houston and Tennessee. And then you pair that with your core, you know, double stacks, which are, you know, uh, Colts four man stack or a Vegas four man stack, um, whatever the case may be, <laughs> not just related to Anthony Richardson, obviously that is the bit that's going on right now, but I'm not wearing the Jersey today. So I'm a real analyst, a real serious person and all that. Um, but yeah, I would say for me, like it's more about those two core stacks and then you're just kind of putting on some of those ancillary pieces that are going to be correlated in week 17. Speed out Mahomes, Kelsey T the other day. Lucky T fell to me. I was pick one six. Yeah, that is a nice little run. Travis Kelsey definitely falls in some rooms. Um, I did a poodle last night and he was picked in the 10 spot. Um, but then it was weird because I think the person reached for Mahomes there. Um, and that kind of undoes the benefit of taking uh, Kelsey at 10 is if you take Mahomes at, uh, I guess, 15 or whatever the case. Yeah, 15. So that's something that, you know, you have to be mindful of as well. But definitely, you know, these positions are going to move around a lot, especially as you get different players coming in and drafting um, during the summer, um, especially the casual players. Like they are going to sort of move the needle around a little bit. And all right, let's see. We're on the clock here. We get two picks in a row. So one of them will obviously be Terry McLaurin. That feels pretty good here. And um, I'm not going to take Anthony Richardson. So we won't take Michael Pittman here. Not a great pocket for guys that I like. I am actually going to jump to get my correlation here. Really wish that Christian Watson had fallen because um, that would have been good. But I'm going to take Brandon Ayuk here. I don't feel bad about Ayuk. Um, I guess I could have taken Kittle, but I've been kind of Kittle blind lately. I don't know why. Just have kind of bad vibes about the age and stuff. The, he really carried me last year, so that might be a mistake. Maybe I should have gone elite tight end there and took Kittle, but whatever. Ayuk I don't get enough of, so I'm, I'm taking him here, and he'll be part of my Washington correlation for Week 17. I like the start though. Jefferson Higgins uh, servicing the audio listeners, which I don't do enough in terms of reading the team out. Uh, Justin Jefferson, T Higgins, Patrick Mahomes, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Ayuk. Um, hopefully there will be somebody coming up later that could be good. Um, though I, I, you know, Kadarius Tony never falls in drafts, but I would really love to get Kadarius Tony at 72 if I can coming up. Uh, Tyler saying Kittle was the move. That's fair. Um, I just want to get receiver out of the way early because I don't think this build, like with Jefferson, with the kind of firepower I have, this could be a build where I run six receivers or six and then kind of take a seventh one really late. Um, guy, by the way, I'm going to say I've been taking in the 18th round. Uh, as I've talked about many times, my two favorites in the 18th round, Darius Slate and Terrace Marshall. But a guy I would mix in now, um, some positive camp reports for him because he's been filling in with Russell Gage out and actually playing out of the slot, which is not his preferred spot. Uh, Trey Palmer on the Bucks is a guy that um, I've talked about, I think the Bucks can absolutely fold this season up and just be a team that ends up kind of tanking for Caleb Williams next year. And if that's the case, you see probably Mike Evans and Chris Godwin not playing at the end of the year. Probably still see Rashad White out there, but you're almost likely to not see those guys if the season does go really poorly. If that's the case, Trey Palmer is a guy that really good outside, can play that Mike Evans role. And if he's getting slot snaps as well, or at least playing alongside the three receiver sets, maybe moving Godwin inside. Um, if Gage isn't out there, like that's a positive too. So Palmer, an 18th round guy who's young, who I think is worth taking now.
speed demon. Are we talking about Trey Palmer? Trey Palmer was, I mean, a, definitely a great outside receiver. Definitely a guy I mentioned in some of the draft stuff that he stood out to me. Obviously didn't stand out as much to the NFL. Like if he got Jonathan Mingo capital, I'd be like, oh shit, like Trey Palmer is going to be out there. But I think he was a fifth round guy. So Trey definitely more of a flyer, but getting first team work at, you know, in this point of the season as well, definitely not a bad thing for a rookie. Like that's something that I think bodes well for his prospects. And now they're going to at least try to work him in. Shout out to Io, shout out to chat. And I will also quickly ask you guys, I know it feels early for me, but I, I'm going to do it anyway. Please hit the subscribe button, hit the like button. Uh, we passed 2K subs. We passed a lot of the, the big channels out there that have been doing this for a while. So um, great, feels great to me. And I really do appreciate the support, but uh, this March continues on here. Splash play is going to be a big focus over my 2023, certainly Pete's as well as we're doing the double headers on Tuesdays. But please hang out this year, of course, fantasy football all year long on Splash Play. And that is always the goal here, trying to have fun doing this thing and, and hopefully win something big. I, I'm still feeling very good. I sometimes look through my portfolios of things and in particular the big board and look nostalgically at like, ah, remember when Dalton Kincaid was free? Ah, remember when nobody knew who Luke Musgrave was? Uh, what a nostalgia trip. Um, but like, I really, I, I think there's some fun teams that if you've been playing along with us here that you've probably landed on as well. Um, I think that's the fun of drafting all year long. It's like, it, it's just the sheer volume of it all. You're going to hopefully be like a thousand monkeys at typewriters writing Shakespeare. I mean, that's how I feel, I think, with some of the teams that I've built. Just locked into some nice rooms. Palmer was a 4-3-3. I don't think he got that high unless there was a pro day one I didn't see. But um, either way, though, he definitely plays like he is a good speedster outside. And a guy who also, again, does the stuff that I look for. High EPA per target at every level, which means the short throws, the, the intermediate throws, and then the throws 20-plus air yards downfield. Um, Kadarius Tony goes to 69, so that's not, not so nice for me. Would have liked him to fall, but... Uh, Mr. D's is just, just vibing out here. So what are we going to do? I love Kadarius Tony. I feel like a lot of people I've seen this week. I know, I think Pat has mentioned being down uh, Pat Crane, of course, the winner BBM three legendary upside doing great stuff as well. Um, like he talked about being down on Kadarius Tony. I feel like I heard Davis being down on Kadarius Tony. Um, I am not down on Kadarius Tony at all. And I don't, I don't get it. Um, I am a little bit down on Isaiah Pacheco right now, but I am going to take him here. Some reports that Dalvin Cook might take a pay cut to stay in Minnesota, but I, he's not a guy that I want to get right now. I am going to take a little bit of George Pickens. So we are in an okay position. I maybe should have taken Dotson there, but I don't really, you know, the Washington double might've been nice. I just think Pickens is a better player than, than Dotson. Um, so that's a personal bias thing. Um, I, I also have been liking the uh, the camp reports rather from Pittsburgh so far. Uh, seems like Matt Canada's installing some stuff and a lot of positive buzz around Kenny Pickett. Um, besides, I guess, Ben Roethlisberger wanting him to fail initially, but Ben seems like that kind of guy. It's not much of a surprise, um, but I like Pickens more. Um, I have no issue with Dotson though, but I just, Dotson to me, reaching for Dotson, didn't want to do that. Tony's route participation is scary. You got to remember they got him in the middle of last year. I just don't think like, and I know, you know, the Super Bowl too is a definitely a scary point for people, but you don't draft a guy with that talent and hope that, you know, he's not going to rise and, and get more of that role, especially as you have get more tapped into the packages and all that stuff. Um, so I think that's something where I expect Tony to be more involved this year. And also one thing that is important to note, which was in uh, the athletic article, and that's something I'm doing now. Um, I always advocate for it, obviously in like July and August, but the athletic is really covering OTAs with a lot more depth, I think, than they have in the previous years. So I've been reading every single article and making sure I don't miss any along the way. Um, one thing they were talking about was in the three receiver sets the Chiefs are running in OTAs right now. Um, it's Kadarius, Tony, it's Sky Moore, and it's MVS. 
So it seems like MVS also maybe not as much of a risk to get cut right now. And he's running in those primary sets. So if you don't like Tony, you should probably take MVS. The Sky Moore of it, though, is pretty interesting because Sky Moore, it seems like he might be locked into that three receiver role, at least heading into camp. Um, whereas they said Rasheed Rice is kind of competing for the wide receiver four job with like Justin Ross and also John Ross is on that team, who's uh, maybe a little bit old for some of you guys out there, but it was a burner, um, has had some big plays, but kind of obviously never lived up to the potential fully. Um, so interesting things in KC, and I, I think give you some hope if you get sniped on Kadarius Tony like I just did, but would have been really nice to get Tony in this draft. Oh, uh, there we go. So again, um, who this is a tough one because like obviously I think the world of Karain and then Davis is also very sharp. Um, again, you know, I don't want to speak for these guys, but I'm pretty sure I've heard them say negative Kadaris, Tony stuff. And I a lot of people have. Do you want to be aligned with these guys if they're aligned with fantasy flock too? That's the trade-off you got to look for. But I I do not, I, I just don't buy that's a <laughs> bad takes, bad takes. Um, here, let's look up some Kadarius Tony numbers. Let's let's try to assuage the concern. Um, all right. Skill position. Kadarius. Hopefully there won't be too many Kadariuses in my sheet. Uh, find. All right. So Kadarius, Tony got a few more picks so we can, we can do this. Uh, positive DVOA last year, 14.2% DVOA per target, uh, positive EPA per target last year, 0.36, which would put him in a pretty high tier above a lot of guys. Um, let's see targets per route run. 23% targets per route run overall. So that's a pretty nice number as well. Um, eight. Well, that can't be right. He had an 83% avoided tackle rate. So basically he was avoiding a tackle every time he was touching the ball. Obviously he wasn't touching the ball a ton, but there's a lot of juice left in Kadarius Tony. The hamstring stuff is not great. The fact that it's been recurring a couple of times, but like every metric I would look at would point to a guy who's good. And obviously on the best offense in the AFC, so to me, it's like, I would pay that price tag every time. And, and if it makes it spicier then like, yeah, I think fantasy Fox saying that you shouldn't take it means you probably should fucking run. You should be taking them at 50. All right. On the clock here again, nothing terribly interesting. Obviously have a while before we have to take Sam Howell. Um, I am going to take AJ Dillon as one of my guys here to correlate with Justin Jefferson, a little bit of week 17 there. Obviously I'm not going to be taking Kirk cousins because we do have to save our one QB spot. And we definitely don't need three QBs. Um, if we have Patrick Mahomes, um, I like a chain the most out of this group, but obviously Brian Robinson will give us a little more Washington juice, uh, which we're looking for anyway. Don't expect Brian Robinson to catch a ton of passes or anything, but He's as live to catch passes, I would say, as Antonio Gibson is. And I've talked about uh, kind of trying to turn my blinders off to Antonio Gibson, who hasn't been that good, uh, especially last year, but I think the last few years. Um, Brian Robinson is a guy that I still believe they want to give a lot of that workload to. So I'll take him and building out that Washington bet. Flock likes chocolate. He's very right about Jacobs last year. He mega faded Sutton. I mean, I don't, I, I was right, like, I was right about Jacobs too. I guess it's just like the things you puff your chest out about. Like, I don't think you have to puff your, puff your chest out of right, like about being right about, you know, 50, 50 outcomes. Like Jacobs was still a player that I agree. The hall of fame game kind of spooked people a little bit too much, but like I was on him. Like I drafted him. Like some of my best teams at Jacobs last year. Cause I was taking him in the sixth round. And I think sometimes he fell to the seventh. Um, I love Jacobs last year relative to what the public did. But I like it wasn't the kind of like beat your chest kind of pick because it's not that big of a stand. Um, I feel uh, obviously I was still taking Zamir White and all that too. 
So I think that's just kind of how you play a portfolio. Like I don't like uh, Dalvin Cook, but if Dalvin Cook goes back to Minnesota, I'll probably take Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, and try to get close to that 8% of the field. I might not get all the way there. But my point is mostly that like, I just don't think if you're touting, oh, here's this starting running back who's coming back again. And like, I think he's going to be pretty good. It's not really like a take. Like Drew Locke last year for whatever it may be, like that was an 18th round take, but it's a take. Um, my Anthony Richards stuff this year, like that's a, that's a fully born take. Um, I don't know what else I have. Like Pickens, Christian Watson, those are takes that I have that I will fucking die on the hill of strong this year. I think you want to really like kind of track the the success or semi-success or, or directional accuracy in the case of Drew Locke of like the takes that are just nobody else is willing to go to because I think that's where you hopefully find value from people you're listening to. But listen to whoever entertains you. I don't fucking care. <laughs> that said, um, I think now it would be a good time to point out um, if you do play an underdog, guys, remember, don't get in too deep. Uh, use the check the info right there, but use the promo code SPLASH if you want to double your deposit up to 100 bucks. And again, if you're listening to the fantasy flock, no, I shouldn't. I should do that. <laughs> no, but if you're listening to some guys out there and, you know, maybe getting a little too deep, just follow the guidelines there and go, go check out. Go check out some resources to help yourself for making bad choices. But use that promo code SPLASH, never a bad choice, I'd say. Oh, uh, here we go. Tony ain't it, Spags. Sorry. Yeah, that's a great rebuttal to the, the analytics that I did. Tony ain't it, Spags. Boy, I, I love the takes. I've, I have to say, and this is something I will point out, I got to also fix the board. I've been a little bit off my board duty, and I apologize for that because I'm ranting right now. Um, just saying a guy isn't good is not a player take either. Just like you got to come with something. Go get, even if you want to give me an esoteric stat, even if you want to give a counting stat, like I, I don't, that's fine. You got to come with something more than he ain't it. Like that's not, that's not, that's not good discourse. It's not a value add. And if you tell me, oh, I watched them play, like shut up. I don't want to hear that either. I watch games too, man. Every, we all watch games. We, we, we gamble on the things and we watch the things and we go, oh, I can't believe I gambled on that. Or thank God I gambled on that. I just, I, yeah, that's not the take. It's not the one. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Some positive vibes here. Spags would have to say you beat Pete in this draft. I fucking, Pete didn't even show up. <laughs> a zero, a zero round for Pete in this one. All right. On the clock here again. Let's increase that bet. A little bit of Elijah Mitchell here. A one, four, five. I've got Mahomes, Pacheco, AJ Dillon, Ryan Robson, Elijah Mitchell, receiver, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Tara McLaurin, Brandon Ayuk, and George Pickens. And no tight ends yet, because this might be a three tight end build. Um, and I will take Rasheed Rice here as well. Get a little more with my Mahomes. And now we're at six receivers. A beauty. But of course, you know, somebody out there is gonna go, Rasheed Rice ain't it. And I'll go like, oh. Dag nabbit. <laughs> Just no justified production versus ADP and massive injury risk. The production was there per snap. Like the thing is you want the per snap guys who can increase their snap share. So that's number one. Massive injury risk means absolutely nothing to me. That's if you're not drafting guys with injury risk, like what are you not drafting two at two? Oh, he's going to get concussed again. And it's fucking game over. You're costing yourself money. Cause like these guys return healthily and have great careers more often than not. And also guys that have no track record of injury, sometimes fuck it up even worse. And also guys too, that are young, like ACL injuries recur pretty heavily too. So, you know, are you drafting Brees Hall? Are you drafting Vontae Williams? Don't just single out Kadarius Tony for a thing and don't single out everybody else then. If you want to have that be your philosophy that I don't want to take on any, any injury risk in my portfolio, then A, you probably shouldn't draft any NFL players because they all get hurt. 
but B, like you're just doing it to kind of validate your other thoughts and what you want to believe. And I think that's a like a, a huge mistake. And the biggest mistake that I personally see as somebody that like replies every YouTube comment and goes into the chats and watches a bunch of streams and whatever. So that's, you know, your mileage may vary. If you talk through Ayuk over Kittle in this draft, um, I wanted to get more receivers in. I was thinking I might go a six receiver, zero RB build early, which I've been liking a little bit more, or six, and you have the flexibility to take a seventh late if you feel really good at running back. Um, so that's why, too. I've also just kind of had a blind spot to Kittle this year. Um, he's not like a guy that I've loved as much just because of the uncertainty of like, is Trey Lance going to feed him the way that I want him to be fed? I don't know. I also don't really believe necessarily that Brock Purdy comes back and is starting from day one. I think what they're going to do is they're going to trot out Lance at the beginning because you want to try to capture that Trey Lance ceiling. And if you know he can't do it, then you go to some of the shittier QBs who, you know, have kind of a more reliable floor. Um, and I, you know, not that Purdy's shitty and even Darnold was pretty good last year for Carolina, but still like these were guys that I think you know, are more like replacement level. who are going to get that offense to function as like a machine. Whereas Trey Lance, if he's great, he's going to make that offense ascend the level. Um, and I just think Trey Lance ascending is going to be not great for Kittle. Like Kittle getting those targets is largely because Purdy like can't get it outside the same way that Trey Lance does. Uh, even though Purdy had a bigger arm than I would have thought, but I just think that's, that's my, that's my, my film read on it slash, you know, how NFL teams kind of do things read. Thoughts of Mahomes saying Ross is him. I mean, look, you're going to hear, I got to say with the emergence of both the him, the himothies and all that stuff, you're going to hear that people are him a lot more in this July, August, June kind of portion of things. Uh, obviously June, not so much because it's not training camps, but July and August portion of things, everybody's going to be him at some point. Um, I don't know. I like, I think that Justin Ross is credible. Like, I think you're going to hear that about a lot of guys that mean absolutely nothing. Like um, Justin Shorter might be a guy you hear that about where it's like, oh, he's the biggest body guy. He can do things nobody else in our wide receiver core can do. And it's like, oh, he's him. And it's like he catches one ball and he doesn't play throughout the year. So I think it's just uh, an extension of the hyperbole. But And Mahomes gasses guys up all the time too. Like he, he's been throwing a lot to Justin Ross though. So maybe there's more smoke there. But um, from what the athletics said, it seems like Ross is in that wide receiver four kind of Who's going to jump out and how much do they jump out and how much do they actually get routes? I guess if you, if you don't like Kadarius Tony, you should probably talk yourself into Justin Ross or Rasheed Rice or one of those guys. John Ross, maybe. Oh, there we go. Him, Patrick. Yeah, that would be that'd be the headlines and all the other Denver uh, papers rather when he gets on the field ahead of Marvin Mims and, and Mims just languishes for a year as best ball fans across the world cry. Alvin Kamara, 105, is he getting suspended this year? I mean, that's what people are waiting for. Uh, the reports have been that he should be out like seven to eight games or seven to nine games, whatever, like half the season, basically. Um, and also just like, I think the Saints kind of fell out of favor with him last year. Like their usage of Mark Ingram was so heavy in a way that I found really interesting, but also um, not great if you're a person that believes in Kamara. And so you have Kamara, you also add Jamal Williams, who's going to definitely vulture some of that goal line work. And you have Kendra Miller, who's, I think, um, what Alvin Kamara used to be, and he just needs that opportunity and that runway to do it. So for me, I think Kamara is a player that I really don't want any of, but you know, could, could be wrong. And if you think New Orleans is going to be good, like Kamara, Kamara does a little bit of everything better than both Jamal Williams and uh, Kendra Miller will. But I, the Mark, Mark Ingram usage last year was really scary. Like I don't, there, it was like a 50, 50 timeshare down the home stretch of Kamara wasn't hurt. It was just like, they just didn't like what he was doing out there. Oh boy. Marvin Hims. All right. On the clock here. Of course, Sam Howell safely in the distance somewhere. 
Um, I am going to take Irv Smith as my first one off the board at tight end. Uh, of course, the week 17 correlation with Kansas City. And I just like Irv Smith and think that he's a player that's undervalued right now. And uh, who else? Pittsburgh. I do have that little taste there. Uh, Jalen Warren, KJ Osborne. I like Jalen Warren more. So there we go. That'll be my fifth running back. So Mahomes, Pacheco, Dylan, Robinson, Eli Mitchell, Jalen Warren at running back at receiver, Justin Jefferson, T Higgins, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Ayuk, George Pickens, Rasheed Rice, and Irv Smith at tight end. So that is my team right now. Um, should get a little more washed in San Francisco, maybe down the stretch, but yeah, we're just going to grab Sam Howell and maybe Logan Thomas late, I guess. Ugh. Uh, the commanders were not the priority part of the stack here, obviously, but I think this is the way you build around the commanders because if the commanders are good now, they can be a thing that makes me different from the other chiefs teams, which will likely have, I think a higher, a higher value stack overall. Um, so that's the main reason I think the commanders work well as a secondary stack, but it does kind of feel like a cheat of the concept to not have the commanders as like my, my alpha stack of this group, but I'll take it. Nice looking lineup so far. I think so. I think I built around this well. What will happen first? The world ends or Irv Smith breakout season. I mean, they always say the second tight end contract is where these guys can find that that boost in life. Obviously, Evan Ingram being the most recent example of it. Uh, even Hayden Hurst last year, I think, would fit that criteria. So um, Irv can get there. I just, I'm not going to pass on a guy with a Bama pedigree who was, you know, highly touted as a pass game prospect, even though it all fell apart last year. But he was coming off of injury. He was hurt towards the end of the season before. So we're talking basically a year and a half of lost years. And now he's getting the ball from Joe Burrow. So I'm going to take that ceiling at tight end, even though I get the skepticism. Like I would have rather, um, if they took Dalton Kincaid, I think Dalton Kincaid would be going, he'd be going probably ahead of Waller, maybe in this Goddard Pitts Waller range, somewhere around here, I think, if Kincaid were the, uh, the Bengals tight end. So when you account for that, if you're willing to take a flyer under Smith, maybe having some untapped potential. Um, but he's not a guy that I would point to the analytics and go like, yep, suck it, nerd. Uh, he wasn't good, but I, I think the hope is that he's young enough that he can get there. I think he's only 24. Are you pacing out drafts to fit a barbell method? I am. I think I'm under 40 on BBM uh, for my, my main goal was to not get to uh 40 or not get to 50. I think by uh yeah, by May. Cause like I was feeling the push um, with all the poodles and stuff. It is sort of hard to figure out like what the flow is, or I guess easier in some respects is I really just throw myself into the poodles and the puppies as they go. Um, so that'll be kind of my natural lever, but for me, I just need to get as many drafts in as possible because like it catches up with you. Um, I need to save enough obviously to do on stream and whatever and doing the, the two week with Pete, the one here. Um, so I'm trying to be mindful of that stuff, but in general, like I think I can get ahead a little bit more and then ramp myself down and be okay with it. And I also think the way that I you know, prep and all this stuff. Like if you guys have been following the channel, you know, like I've been weeds in, in the weeds on this stuff and knee deep and everything since January. So like, I feel like my advantage is still right now is trying to be right about stuff. And then, you know, hopefully still drafting complete teams come August. But of the show spags, I can learn what to expect from drafts on a free roll and get some great analysis. I appreciate that, Brandon. Thank you. And again, I appreciate all the guys coming out here, whether you are a new person in the chat or, um, or you've been here forever. Like I appreciate all you guys willing to spend time with me here on this holiday weekend. And I do hope you guys have a great Memorial day as well. Um, we will be going over to see some family on sad on Sunday and I don't think we have anything tomorrow, but yeah. So, uh, hope you are enjoying your time. However, maybe spent and obviously drafting some teams too. I'll definitely be drafting some teams. Let me make my picks here and then we'll hit some more chats. Okay. You know what? Another Cincinnati player? Sure. Chase Brown. This will be, I think, our last running back here. This will be number six. 
So that'll go with our week 17 bet on Cincinnati KC. And God, we are still so safely away from Sam Howell. Um, I guess I'm just going to take Marvin Hims here. I don't, there's really no correlation I'm looking for. Um, maybe a tight end would have made sense, but I, I don't like Taysom. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Marvin Hims it is. Marvin Hims it is. Oh, let's see. Where is that question? We worried about Hemi G's foot surgery. Um, it's not great. Like, if you want to talk about a guy that you could maybe make a case, like he just keeps getting hurt. Um, I still would be willing to play him. Like, so the athletics said that they thought he'd be back by training camp. And I saw some of the other reports were like, oh, hopefully he'll be ready by week one. So split the difference on that. He'll probably be ready to go in the preseason, but you know, imagine they'll hold him out. Um, I mostly worry about him being able to like get up to speed. I guess there's some hope that he'll uh, kind of have some of the same principles from when he was playing under Josh McDaniels before. Um, but that's what I worry about is him maybe not being out there and getting the rapport that you need with a clearly kind of disgruntled Devontae Adams. Um, but I'll still take him. Like, I think you gain more by trying to bet on him than bet against him. And then the alternative would be like, you take Aiden O'Connell, who actually I think is kind of alive to play some snaps this year, but like he shouldn't get drafted. Like it just, the market won't draft him. And I don't know that you should. Um, it's just getting too thin. Maybe as like a QB three in the 18th round, uh, take Aiden O'Connell a little bit, but I think I'd still rather take Jimmy G. Yeah, I'm with you. Most nervous for Devontae Adams in that regard. Didn't make it here this time, but I'm listening while drafting in a different BBM. Wanted to throw out how addicted this site is. I'm 138 BBM for Wow. So Mike is pushing hard. Um, I wouldn't advocate for that, Mike. Just, for, you know, obviously the enthusiasm I get. But, you know, the main thing, and you can read uh, Mike Leone's obviously his best ball manifesto. I think is the thing anybody who's jumping in this year or, you know, really jumping in heavy this year should read. But you do want to have the most alive players possible heading into week 17. That's the goal. And you're more likely to have those players be alive if you draft later in the summer. But, you know, look, I think that, I mean, I said it on stream, like my best teams last year were made June teams, like my DK finalists, as well as my best ball mania uh, three finalists. So uh, I think there is an advantage if you really are in the weeds and you're really knowing stuff in May, June, and then obviously July when the winning teams have been drafted uh, the last few years. But, you know, it is still, I don't think it's got to be a full barbell, but I do think it's got to be kind of a, like, you know, so you're trying to stay around the median for the most part. Uh, it's Aiden O'Connell is behind Hemi G right now. Uh, he's a pro I forget where he's, he was, was he Purdue. He's from somewhere not great, but actually did have some pretty good numbers in college. Uh, let me see if I saw my quarterback data sheet here. Uh, Aiden O'Connell He's basically a, a slightly positive EPA passer. Not great in throwing interceptions. Pretty accurate though. 80% catchable ball rate. Um, yeah, actually Aiden O'Connell might be more of a game film guy. Cause looking through the analytics on him, not anything I'm wowed by a negative EPA passer on deep balls, which is a bad sign for what I look at. Um, but I think he grades out well as like a Brock Purdy type kind of game manager. So not the most exciting behind Jimmy Garoppolo this year. Yeah. It is, okay. It is Purdue. There we go. See, I get, I get things right <laughs> on occasion. I'd like to dabble in being correct. Doing 35 drafts a month at 10 of September, the straight line approach. Yeah, I don't know that I'll get any in in September. Just honestly, I wouldn't even plan around that because I'm not sure the tournament will be available in September. I guess it depends on many poodles and similar kind of sidecar tournaments they put out. Um, but I think that's definitely something for me that uh, I imagine I'll be pretty close to done in August. Maybe have like one or two straggler drafts. 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it goes by like faster than you think. Um, and that's why last year, if you guys recall, um, I did put together like an Excel for myself to track, like how many entries I have left, how many days here left until the season starts, because it does get to be like a bit of a bear. If you're trying to max out a lot of these tournaments at once. Um, all right, we're on the clock here. Let's just get stupid. Sam Howell is one of these picks, obviously. There we go. There's stupid Sam Howell. Uh, still need ideally two tight ends. Mm. let's get some leverage, not some leverage, but it's a week 17 correlation with, uh, my Pittsburgh here. So we're going to take, yeah, we're going to take no fan. So <coughs> Penny, there's the dog barking. Cause she hears people, even though I told the dog, don't go into the studio. You'll be upset when my wife and nanny get here and the baby, but no barking. Isn't Hoyer there um, in Las Vegas? I don't, I don't think he's supposed to play, though. I think he's there as more like a pseudo coach mentor, but maybe. I guess maybe he could be at least going into camp as a QB2. Uh, Completely off Jimmy G. He has one con uh, had one contribution game last year, three of the year prior. The very meth floor, it's not really someone you need. I get it. I think the thing to me is that he's mostly a guy who's a vessel to a functional offense. So like if Jimmy G played last year, he probably would have had some games like Brock Purdy. Um, but he was obviously wasn't playing in those games, but like he would have had games where Kittle goes off or, or Christian McCaffrey goes off. And Jimmy G is the one who's creating that production for the guy who like doesn't really need anybody stellar to be creating it for them. So that's sort of what Jimmy G is. And he has that again this year with Devontae Adams, a nice check down guy and having Jacoby Myers in the slot. And obviously Josh Jacobs there as well, who can run the ball and catch it. And I think Michael May, too is kind of a really nice target for a guy who's like who's really good in the red zone in college and Jimmy G will just pepper with some targets there and he'll be kind of a lever against Devontae Adams so I think that's why you draft Jimmy G is like the Vegas offense has dudes um so whoever is going to be at QB they just kind of have to feed the guys who actually have some outlier talent McDaniel's just getting the gang back together Hoyer is there <laughs> New England West People, I mean, that's the thing too, you'll find in like, even in, you know, non-football jobs, it's just people love surrounding themselves with people they knew in the past. And it's like, ah, this guy, I trusted him. He didn't, he didn't fuck me. Like, let's get him back in. I mean, I'm building my startup probably with my best friend from high school. And like, he's, you know, we've had different career paths and trajectories where like he learned coding stuff and worked at Amazon and worked at all these big like engineering firms. And it's like, but he's still somebody I trust. And it's like, when I have this idea and I need to execute it, who do I want to do that? It's like, you know, somebody you trust, somebody that you can know. Um, who's not going to fuck you over. So I'm sure it's Josh McDaniels as well, though. A lot of bad steam around Vegas, though, with like the McDaniels stuff. Like I know that the Adams and McDaniels both gave some positive quotes, but um, Darren Waller not giving positive quotes to Josh McDaniels on the way out after he like outed their secret wedding, his wedding to that WNBA woman. Um, I don't know. Vegas, definitely a team that I think is a big variable going into this year. One thing not variable with them though, um, they're not going to have a good defense. So I think that's why week 17, Indianapolis, Las Vegas, chef's kiss. CEH getting drafted. So this is something I was going to mention. Um, CEH, a guy I would have no issue taking at this point. Um, I think Pacheco's hurt. Uh, McKinnon's old. Both those guys not at OTAs. Clyde Edwards Hilaire, maybe it's a little bit of trying to drum up trade value for him in the hopes that they get rid of him because they didn't uh, sign him to his fifth year extension or fifth year option, rather. But um, best shape of his life, catches and passes at OTAs. Maybe, maybe. I agree with Steven here. Smash that like button. Steven knows. Steven map. Steven's got the map to my heart with that one. 
think Renfro will make a comeback or is he washed? I think, I don't think he's washed. I think he's in a bad situation. Like, how are you going to earn target volume when you have Devontae Adams out there? Now you add Michael Mayer. Now you add a big contract in Jacoby Myers. Um, to me, Renfro is like a guy that I wouldn't even draft, like for the most part. Um, just not the sexiest player to me. Um, but, you know, if you're looking for a little correlation, like you can take him here and there. But if you're like going on your way to get Hunter Renfro, uh, the good days are done there, I, I think. Like he was good because like there just wasn't a wide receiver one, which happens. Some guys just kind of have that volume. All right. What is going to add more volume or more value here? Do I need a third tight end? Irvin Noah Fant feels kind of thin. I think I'm going to take a tight end if this particular, yeah. Okay. Luke Musgrave is available. I am going to take him here. You could talk me into taking another KC receiver, but we've got Pacheco. We've got Rasheed Rice. Logan Thomas. Yeah, Logan Thomas. Yeah, you know what? That might be more logical. I just feel like he's kind of dust, but we are making a bet on Washington, so we do. We live up to the, the guidelines here. We take Logan Thomas. So let's look at my, my final team. Uh, let's label it first. Spags Stacks. Wash. KC. Hey, this is a real clean team we built here. So I hope you guys got something out of this one. But a QB, Patrick Mahomes, Sam Howell, no mixed up bye weeks there. We're safe. At running back, Isaiah Pacheco, AJ Dillon, Brian Robinson, Elijah Mitchell, Jalen Warren, and Chase Brown. And a wide receiver, Justin Jefferson, T. Higgins, Terry McLaurin, Brandon Ayuk, George Pickens, Rasheed Rice, Marvin Mims, a tight end, Irv Smith, Noah Fant, Logan Thomas. Okay. I mean, that's not bad. You know what, guys? So this is this was not planned. This is not planned by me. I think we're going to run back the wheel one more time. So if you want to hang on and do one more draft with me, uh, let's do it. But let me, uh, there's enough people hanging out here and it's a weekend. So, all right, let's remove commanders and spin the wheel. Second draft. I'm just feeling it. That was a good team. So fuck it. Let's move it forward. Ah, now we regret it. Now we regret this. All right. We're drafting Titans. I'm entering the room. If you're trying to play with me, just go on underdog now. Oh, why? I was feeling good. Why did I push it? Why did I push it? Ugh. Do I like India's stack with Tannehill? Yeah, there you go. Snatch the like for a second draft. Yeah, I should have like held you guys hostage and been like, if you want me to draft a second team, hit the like button, subscribe, and whatever. But, uh, I, you know. I drafted a good team. I was feeling myself. Now I'm going to draft a dog shit second team. Uh, boy. All right. Let me let the dog out. Hold on, guys. I'll be right back in one second. All right. We're back. We're back. And I just have to climb in here because I'm in a weird studio setup here to try to look like a professional, even though, as you can see, I'm completely, completely dressed like a hobo dad. Fill this draft though, guys, we got spots. We got two spots left. Who doesn't want to draft a best ball mania four team in May? <sighs> Smart people. Maybe who doesn't want to stack up the Titans in May? <laughs> Do we feed the ducks or is that a bit we can't? I don't know. Can't steal Pete bits. Including apparently his bit of quickly filling draft rooms. 
All right, we're filled. We did it. All right, team number two. Let me change the banner. Commanders. Titans. I would insert a barf emoji, but I don't have that handy for myself. All right, we got the two pick here, which will do nothing for our Titans. But we got it. We got it. That's the luxury you get with the influence. <laughs> uh, Davis, you stick with this one. You know, stick with your streaming with hope. You'll be you'll be there in no time. Getting these 101s and 102s like clockwork. No, honestly, I was so dry on 101s and 102s in the beginning. So it's just the natural flow of things. I legit didn't get a 101. I didn't get Justin Jefferson until a month in a drafting, I think. So got it. The NFL draft is only a month ago. If you guys, if you guys are really like doing this every week, um, boy. That does not feel like a month ago. That feels like a lifetime ago. Take Henry at two like a man. No, we'll we'll get Henry in the second round. Maybe, maybe. All right. Even though I've, I talked about Jamar Chase being a guy that I do think the analytics don't shine uh, as favorably above, I will take Jamar Chase here because how could you not? I think you can make the case maybe that if you really didn't like Jamar Chase, like take Hill or Cup, but... I have enough Hill and Cup, and I still want to get Chase in there. Um, I think Jefferson's an easy one-on-one over him. Will Henry get back to you? This is some intense nail-biting. I guess if not, then it'll be a Traylon Burke stack, but I'm I'm not pushing Henry. I'm not taking Henry at two for the bit here. Like, we took Bijan ahead of Christian McCaffrey last week. That's about as far as I'm willing to push it. Um, if, if we don't get Henry, he'll be taking Ty J Spears. We'll be doing the back door, hoping to get that Dontrell Hilliard kind of run. Our guy Batch back in here again. Batch showing well. I didn't see his final team last time out, but it did seem like it was starting better. So I hope Batch, you're happy with your team, even if um, I didn't give it a uh, direct reading, direct saucing. If Henry goes in the second, that's a stream snipe. Yeah, that definitely would be. That definitely would be. I still think Henry is a little bit undervalued. Like I know people are like now back on the Eckler. He got his new deal. He's back. Like whatever. I think if you like Eckler, you should probably still kind of like Henry. Like Henry got so many touches. I know he's a little bit older, but Henry might just be an Adrian Peterson type that's ageless. And if he gets the volume, it'll just keep being okay at volume um, until, until he's 40. I don't know. Oh yeah. I like Traylon Burks. Like absolutely. Traylon Burks is a goal for this draft. Like that's, and that's a guy I would reach for too. Like he was good enough last year. Um, Chig too is a guy that I don't take much of that. I probably will get today. So there's a lot of Titans we can get, even if we do get scooped on Derrick Henry. Oh, who takes? Hold on. Who are we talking about as the worst drafter? Takes unstacked Burrow in every draft. Oh, no. I hope I hope it's not Batch. Batch just got himself into my good graces. But yeah, you're going to see some bad drafters in these rooms. Like, you know, even red badge guys, you know, like I, I see it sometimes and I'm like, really? Like, how have you done a thousand drafts? But, you know, sometimes it creates an advantage for you. Sometimes it just creates chaos and it's frustrating. Um, I would try to view it more through the prism of like, if somebody just does something unstacked and ruins your thing, it just gives you a chance to get more unique. And that's always a positive. Until Henry shows a sub RB five points per game year, he'll remain in my top five running backs. Uh, yeah, I agree. 
I mean, like the thing that really jumped out to me last year too, and part of it was Dontrell Hilliard getting hurt, I think earlier in the year, but Henry got a lot of pass game work. It was actually pretty good with it. So I think that Derek Henry still got some juice left. It's just, you know, he's not a guy. Ah, there we go. Pickle Rick science beyond Derek Henry. So that will not be part of our Tennessee stack. Um, Houston, there's nobody who's going to be coming up for a while either. So we won't get it that way. So let's just try to build a good team around that, I guess. And that's going to be inclusive of DK Metcalf. This seems like a pissing room because there's no receivers left on the board here at 23. So I'm just going to get ahead of that. Ugh. Do not love this start. Though I guess, again, Titans probably mean I should take an elite QB. So maybe I'll do that on the way back. I might not. Am I going to take Mahomes again? I might just take Mahomes again. It, like, it makes sense, right? Yeah. Sorry, guys. Like, we already got Jamar Chase. Tennessee getting outshined again by Patrick Mahomes, much like the playoffs a couple of years ago. Please don't take Chig see that you could explain why he's a terrible bet. So few snaps and he's an A-chain size side end. Um, I do like Chig. I think the issue that I have with Chig is that he was only good last year in games where Burks wasn't out there. So you kind of have to see the offense create more volume or it's just going to be like a trading kind of thing because um, I don't think Tennessee is going to change who they are. Like a leopard doesn't change their spots when they add more guys on defense and, you know, offensive lines, like the things they committed to in the off season. So I don't think that Chig's going to have a bigger, he's going to have a bigger role, but I don't think he's going to be like a week to week producer that you're like, super stoked about. So I'm with you on that part, but I still think Chig is worth drafting sometimes, but like the, the public's too enthusiastic about him. is the best way to put it. Like he should probably be going 20 picks later, I think would be, would feel better to me. Like he should be like Noah Fant rage, honestly, but um, I don't know. I would like to see it from Chig and I like to see it from that passing offense in particular. There we go. I like the chase Mahomes start moon homes. Okay. I, I like it too. I think that's, you know, look, I think if you're going to take some of these shitty stacks, I'll give again, full credit to white Lancer. I think is one who pointed out to me that I should probably take an elite QB because this is a luxury. It's like, I don't have to take Will Levis or, or Tannehill, I guess if I want maybe both until the 17th or 18th round. Uh, so I think I will take Levis though over Tannehill personally. Yep. Mahomes and Levis two of the greats. Mm -mm -mm. All right. We got, yeah, we got heavy wide receiver rooms here. We got AJ Brown, Amon Ra, Calvin Ridley, CD lamb, Devonte, Amari Cooper. So, and nobody was running back piggying too hard. seems like uh, Jumanji's uh, is Davis, right? So yeah, he picked two running backs and then quickly realized he's going to have to grab some receivers. So that is a little bimodal RB for him, but definitely a room seems like a room of people drafting soundly so far, uh, but we'll see. And elite QBs falling, as Pete pointed out actually earlier this week. Uh, badge room QBs falling more so. That seems like that does track. JT belongs in this round three RB group. Ah. See, I, I kind of agree. I also kind of disagree because I am more of a Colts believer, obviously, in terms of not just the AR part, but how Shane Sykin's going to make that whole team better. Um, and obviously there is a world where Jonathan Taylor can have that Miles Sanders, like, oh, wow, we, we pulled ahead and like, he's now just going to crush it and put in three touchdowns and like still be part of that run pass option at the goal line kind of thing. Um, that said, I kind of feel like Taylor, that's not enough. And that's also obviously requiring the buy-in that you think the Colts are good. The markets don't yet think the Colts are good. So, um, yeah, I think Taylor might be a little bit overvalued, but I would take him over Saquon personally, but that's me.
I'm also a staunch anti-Saquon guy, so that's just who I am. Ah, uh, the DK Week 16 correlation. Yes, again, I don't I don't track Week 16, and I did find out. And this is not a, a dig to brick because uh, obviously I, pe- people do it. I do it too. Um, I don't have my brick thing is no longer active. My brick account that was a, a gratis one last summer is inactive, so that's why I don't have the brick overlay. I was actually going to try to put it in on the stream because was curious and was like, oh, I'll support brick, and then was like, oh, never mind, brick took away. Uh, I guess I only had a one summer freebie from brick. Oh, thank you, Stephen. I, I feel like I've been seeing your name, Steven. I appreciate you already, you know, really pumping my tires in the chat. It's how you win me over for sure. All right. This is a not great pocket. Uh, Gibbs? Gibbs and maybe I'll get some Green Bay late. No, I got to I guess I got to just take a receiver. This is also a shitty pocket of receivers. Let's just take Gibbs. Ugh. Oh, what happened here? You, you, you wide receiver pigs. <laughs> Why don't you try drafting some running backs from time to time? Jesus. Oh God. There's no, no McLaurin. Nobody I like here. Beer stronger, James Robinson, both. Um, I still think you should take one of them. This is one of my hot takes, but I just don't think Ramondre is, is him. Andre. I don't think he's that guy in the Patriots backfield. I think one of those guys takes a role. So I would take both. Um, Robinson got money, which is always a thing. Like it wouldn't shock me if he was getting those like 10 to 15 touches that are not well-advised or not, you know, mostly ill-advised. All right. On the clock here. Ugh. Ugh. I don't like DJ Moore, but he's a value, I guess. So whatever. Ugh. Monsters. Monsters all you. I regret the second draft. If you watch these streams to see tilt, oh, I got to this left here nice and clean and been like, ooh. Got that done. Got that beautiful team there on stream. Feeling good. Sam Howell's going to have a renaissance. And Nope, nope, nope. Oh, good. And the icon is trying to ruin the room, too. Three straight QBs. That's a normal strategy. And if, you know, and if for some reason uh, you are somebody who sees that, it's like, ah, yes, he's really going to corner the market at QB. Don't draft like that. Like, don't. It's not going to help you. It's actually going to actively kill your team. And Again, QBs can go to anybody and like like Patrick Mahomes could get beaten week 17 by Will Levis. Like, you know, and I'm not saying that just because I'm doing this draft, obviously, where I'm going to take Will Levis, but like quite literally, like Will Levis could beat Patrick Mahomes in week 17 just because it's QB play and it just takes what Will Levis running for two touchdowns and throwing for two, and that's enough for a day. Um, so don't don't take three QBs out of the elites. I took your DJ Moore. I took your DJ more when you have Josh Allen, Justin Fields, and Joe Burrow. Are you the icon, Jeremy? Because if so, you've committed quite the faux pas, my friend. Guy in Liam's Discord won't stop touting four early QBs. Well, okay. I check the win rates on that one. I don't think there'll be a big sample size for good reason. It just also misses the point, too. Like, we had... Uh, we had research at Football Outsiders uh, last year, maybe, I guess it might be a year and a half ago now, where it was basically like, you want to take the Jared Goff guys of the world, obviously before this last season, Jared Goff had, and I guess to kind of prove the point, but you want to take the Jared Goffs of the world because like, if they end up outlasting basically where they're getting drafted, if they end up really surpassing rather where they were drafted, then they're going to take the receivers with them. So like, if you take a low on stack, like 
Pittsburgh is the perfect example. Like if Kenny Pickett's better than expected, if he becomes a QB, a top 10 QB, I don't think that's the most likely, but let's say, you know, top 10 to 15 QB, he's going to take Pickett with him. He's going to take, he's going to take Pickett's with him. Rather, he's going to take probably Deontay with him. He might take Freermuth with him. Um, he might take one of Najee and Jalen Warren with him, but that's where you get the most value. It's that the QB isn't priced where they're going to end up because of outlier performance. So like early QBs are inherently kind of flawed in that way. You're just kind of paying the price for guaranteed production and you don't need four QBs worth of guaranteed production. Absolutely not. This is the perfect force of draft so far. As long as you get Burks and insert Tennessee QB and it was a success. We'll see. We'll see if Burks lasts in this room. Though it does feel like it's kind of leveled out a little bit more. Um, so hopefully nobody snipes me on him. But, you know, sometimes it happens. This is the thing that I, we didn't talk about publicly on the stream. But there was like another stream that was doing like a sniping draft where they were like watching our stream and then like doing, trying to do snipe picks around it. And it's like, if that's the thing people are going to do, then I might get fucked on some of these stacks from time to time. But um, I try to hope that people will draft logically. Uh, but honestly, you can make the case somebody should take trail on Burks now because there's just no receivers left on the board. So I get it. Can't be mad. You try to do a concept, you fail. And if I don't get trail on Burks, then I will get Nick Westbrook, Akine, and Chig for a double. I'll get the stack. It's just not going to be the perfect stack, I guess. Mm -mm. I almost took Burks mainly because I actually like him. That's fair. Look, again, I can't will anybody to draft to make me have a stream bit that works. Pickle Rick is actively sabotaging me, I think, to be clear, though. Because that's now two. Takes Derrick Henry and Burks right in front of me. Whatever. And if he's not, you know, I'm not going to assume that he is because that's what good does that do me? Pacheco, fine. We're just going to we're going to deviate here. We got three receivers. It's not pretty. I'm a little frustrated, to be honest, because that, that feels deliberate. Feels deliberate, but it is what it is. Uh, Okay. This is just falling off of a cliff in terms of guys I like and want to correlate. Uh, Let's take Gabe Davis just because it's a receiver who's on the board. Yeah, more like pickle dick. How dare he? How dare he trifle with one of the top 30 most influential best ball streamers in the world on a Friday weekend stream. What a bummer. What a bummer. But again, good thing though. I got Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so we're, it doesn't really, it's not going to come down to the Titans of it for me, but we'll get some Titans still. If anything, now I'm just getting different from all those highly chalky Titan stacks that everybody's trying to get. Nothing quite like being an EV pissing stream sniper on a holiday weekend. You know, people find joy in different things, I guess. I don't know. I'm just dejected. Could have walked off like that first draft was like, maybe it wasn't a walk-off home run, but it's like a walk-off double where it's like, oh, we fucking got a nice draft here, achieved the goals of the stream, and still a team that felt good. You go back for seconds and it's just like, it's got to knife you. Just got to knife you. Yeah, that's what I feel too. But, you know, it's going to happen. Like in any sort of injury that comes up and starts to grow, you do get that sort of element of people that are like really angry for whatever reason, whether it be you know, personal life stuff or they feel like they're creating content and not getting the the love for it that they deserve or whatever. Um, to me, it's just, you know, it sucks because like that's what kind of, I would say soured me on DFS. Like I still love DFS. But like the community part of it, it's like, 
it is like a lot of angry people who were like angry at their own failure. And like sports betting stuff has obviously always been like that, but you know, it's on a different kind of level of that now. And basketball to me was like the safe place where it's like, um, you know, you're, you come in and everybody's really nice. And it's like, for the most part, it does behoove you to get out of people's way for the most part, because you want to draft your lane and you want to draft the team that's going to correlate for you. And it doesn't really help you to pull from other people's teams and all that stuff. Um, but as the industry grows, you're going to find those people that are like angry and feel like underdogs rigging things. And like, um, that's kind of the downside of anything that kind of grows not to be like too fucking punk rock about it or whatever, cause it's gambling. But that is the thing that does make me sad. And why, you know, here will always be a place where like, I welcome the criticism, whatever. Just like, if you're going to tell me Kadarius Tony sucks or whatever, like come with a data point, come with something. Don't go Kadarius Tony ain't it. <laughs> like, I don't know. What does that do for the debate? Oh, here we go. Here's Pickle Rick as Wood Bond in the chat. Spags, I swear it is a deliberate. I keep getting sniped. And Burke's the only wide receiver there I wanted, which I did correlate. Okay, fair enough. I accept it. Again, that's why too. I'm 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 lucky that I'm lucky that I have the stream that we do. Lucky that Pete has helped me build Splash Play into what it is. Because now I get the answers, and it's like some people just actually aren't dicks, but it feels like in a basketball draft they are being spiteful to you. But usually that's not the case. So I will say this now in multiple times where I've been like, why is this guy? Why is this guy trying to hurt me? And you know, in reality, it's just people are just trying to build their teams. The rigging talks made me laugh my ass off last year. Yeah, I look again. I was as fucked by the Buffalo Cincinnati thing as anybody, and it was it actually bummed me out because like even people. Let me draft my pick here, and I'll I'll, I'll tangent some more. Um, great, glad that Jameer Gibbs is here. Um, all right, so no Montgomery value for me. I guess I should increase. You know what? We have a bet on Buffalo, and I think Juju's undervalued. And this room has kind of fudged up the wide receiver game a little bit. So I'm going to take Juju here. Get the former Kansas City correlation with Patrick Mahomes. And uh, what else are we going to take? <laughs> Not a pretty spot. Might, yeah. I think I'm going to take Charbonnet here. Increase my bet on Seattle a little bit. And then hopefully we will be able to get I think some Houston guys some Tennessee guys later, but obviously none of them are that relevant. Damian Pierce is like the only Houston guy that came up early. So lost out on Derrick Henry, lost out on Burks, uh, kind of deliberately lost out on Damian Pierce. Uh, so we'll see what else we get. Also, pardon me. I have to blow my nose. So I'll mute the screen momentarily. Ah, uh, I would have never lived down the shame if you guys heard me blow my nose. <laughs> it's so funny. Like I still retain these basic things like broadcasting, like, yeah, try not to cough on screen or whatever, but it's like, is this really a professional stream? Like, are you, <laughs> we're not, I, you know, like we're doing better than some professional media companies in terms of views and stuff, but like, this is not, I guess I should be able to cough. Should be able to cough, cough comfortably. Oof. That was tough to say. Charb. There we go. Oh, thank you. Bless me. Thank you. know, when you say bless you to somebody that originated because they didn't want your soul to escape when you sneezed. So keep that in mind. If you don't bless people, their souls just fucking flying around willy-nilly like Slimer and Ghostbusters, crashing through walls, eating sandwiches, leaving, leaving goo. <laughs> souls, the gooeyest part of us. Anthony Richardson going at 88. That's good. Keep the price under 90 is what I ask of Anthony Richardson for now. 
And then uh, when the time comes in, in uh, training camp, let's get him up to 70. Let's get him up to 60 even. Right now, 88 feels pretty good. <laughs> if I call for sneeze, Chip will report me. That's fair. You got to report me to the bro- to the, the broadcasting authorities here, to the FTC in the U.S. Just tell him. This guy, he coughed and he blew his nose on a stream. What kind of monster? YouTube will demonetize me. Need a Jameson stack. Yeah, I mean, I don't mind Jameson Williams in general. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't mind him. I like him more when golf with golf in general. Obviously, you can't take golf here because I do have Mahomes and. Uh, um, but golf would have been nice for this team because I would have I would have probably taken Jameson over Juju or Charbonnet, um, and then I would have taken golf. Um, but that's where you know I do have to go and acquiesce to the stream concept. So. I will not be taking a third QB, and that third QB will not be Jared Goff. It'll be one of Will Levis or Ryan Tannehill, and probably Will Levis. I don't think there's value in Tannehill, personally. Got to imagine he starts the year and does not finish it. That's true. That's why I'm going to start wearing a blazer. Professionalism is never the bad move. I've thought about it. I've been like, hey, if I started wearing a blazer on the stream and like put my hair up and like did, you know, did like a little cute little, ooh, like, oh. Like my fun professional hair. Ooh, <laughs> just like that. Would I be crushing it? Would I be like all of a sudden getting all the offers that have, have escaped my reach over the years? I don't know. I don't know. Got to get there sheerly through the brute force of will. Rashi Rice goes. Bo Neal. Oh, you guys. Can't stack up anything in this room. <sighs> All right, Pickle Rick, <laughs> taking Sky more from me too. So we're we're feeling great, feeling like this is a great room, a lot of success. Dalton Kincaid, come on down. God damn it! So we're gonna have Patrick Mahomes stacked up with Justin Ross. <laughs> oh, can't win. Yeah, the lesson here. The lesson was really to quit after that first stream. I learned an important lesson today. <laughs> Shut up, Bo Neal. <laughs> Don't tell me that now. Don't tell me that now. Both of you guys. Let me look at these teams. Let me make my pick. I'm going to look at your teams. I'm going to yell at them. Um, all right. Three running backs, five receivers, one tight end. We already have Pacheco, so we do not need McKinnon. I guess that would be a way to get weird. Yeah, you know what? Let's do that. Not going to be a lot of Mahomes stacks with two running back pass catchers. That's my logic for the Mahomes part of things here. Um, okay, let's look at Bo Neal's team. So Bo Neal took Rasheed Rice for his correlation with Travis Kelsey. He does not have Patrick Mahomes because he didn't draft him when he could have drafted him and saved us all this problem. Pickle Rick, Tua, Derrick Henry. Are you stacking up Tyreek? He's got Burks. He's got Houston. And he has Jamar Chase for Kansas City. No, wait, no, that's me. No, you don't have shit for Kansas. Fucking. Okay, so like there's no reason why you needed Sky more than really. Okay, I'm back to being mad at both of you, is what I've decided here. You didn't take him with ADP. Take him at ADP. I took Mahomes at 26. 
take them when you fucking should take them then. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of my room. You're in a timeout. Get out of here, Boneal. I'm done. I'm done. You want Mahomes? You fucking take him here. Take him at 19 when his ADP is. Don't push him. That's not sniping when you don't fucking take him when he's there. Fucking no Neil. Boo, Neil. Boo. <laughs> it's tough, man. Like this. So much anger. It's, it's like, obviously you ham it up a little bit for this, but fuck, man. Boo, Neil. Boo, Neil. Shit goes. Ah. Maybe the real lesson is the best Titan stack is to not stack Titans. That's what I'm going to take from this episode. You fuck. You're gone too. I'm done. <laughs> Take a timeout. I don't want to hear it. Oh, when I don't have any correlation, I'll just take care of the city. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> wood bond. Wood, uh, wood bond you. Wood bond you to this fist. Kincaid over Chig was a mistake. They're separated by a very wide ADP range. And I'm increasing my Buffalo bet because clearly Tennessee isn't working out for me. To be clear, these are just, for these people, these are just five minute timeouts. These are more performative. Anyway, Pega, Davis, watch your ass after taking Chig. Watch your ass. On the clock here. Motherfuckers. Fucking. Fuckity fuck fuck. I'm going to get demonetized. You say fuck too many times, you get demonetized. <laughs> These are not bans, to be clear. They can still watch and they can come back in the chat in five minutes. But I needed to not see them anymore. <laughs> I needed to take a break from Bo Neal and Woodbond, a.k.a. Pickle Rick. Fucking would love to bond his wood to the fucking door like Home Alone. Set some traps for wood bond. <laughs> traps mostly that enter him in the genitals would be, would be my goal. Uh, here, fiddle. Okay, fiddle my gooch doesn't take MVS. We get MVS here. Woohoo. Stacking up. We got two running backs from Kansas City and MVS. What a team. And Juju, who used to be on Kansas City. Funny how something like that could ruin the whole draft. Pissed off for a while. I used to pace my room cussing or someone stealing my pick. Look, you know, I'm pretty zen about it. <laughs> Despite what you may have just seen, I'm pretty zen about this whole thing. Um, but you can't be in my chat telling me why you're sniping me. Like, I don't want to hear it. They can come back. I hope they do come back. I apologize. May look, maybe we got off on the wrong foot, Bo Neal and Pickle Rick. Pickle Rick, though avoiding therapy with his family. So that's, that's what you got to remember about Pickle Rick. Oh, there we go. Ross, swear all you want. Actually, that's a good reminder, Ross, of a clip I haven't used in a while, which I could use right now. This is the adult tour, which means you can drink if you want, and we can say whatever the hell we want. <sighs> got to remind myself of that. 
H-E double hockey sticks. But thank you, Ross, for the super chat. You are a true friend. Thanks for the way you're zen about it. No, I'm pretty, look, you see, look how happy I am. Look, if I'm smiling right now, how could I be mad? <laughs> That's how human beings show joy. Hey, Spags, how many Titans do you have in the Titans draft? Good question, historical anomalies. If we were to go back historically, none of these players have played for the Titans. None of them are currently playing for the Titans. And I got to presume none of them will ever play for the Titans. <laughs> so not doing great, but there's hope in the late rounds, I would think. Uh, Nate knows. That, me too. I've been doing that a lot. Falling asleep, so I think you should leave, which will give you weird dreams. But season three coming out on Tuesday? Yeah, I think Tuesday. Fortunately, not over Memorial Day weekend, which is the real time you want to rewatch it. Will Levis, Kenny Phillips, backdoor. Yep, that's it. I mean, look, guys, this counts as the Titans stack. Like, I'm not going to stack the Titans. I'm not going to go out of my way to relive this one. <laughs> this is my trauma. Ty J. Spears available. Who fucking knows? Devin Singletary goes. <laughs> Everybody. Houston, Tennessee. I'll tell you what, in a non-stream draft where it's there isn't a banner saying Spag Stacks, one of the teams, I'll tell you what, you can get Houston and Tennessee for free for the most part in every draft you go to, but not this room where everybody's like, Traylon Burks, the new AJ Brown, got to get in on it. Oh yeah, fucking Sky Moore. Love it. Got to get a taste. All right. Ty J, we're reaching for Ty J Spears. Let's get it. Tennessee stack is underway, folks. Took us 14 rounds. We are there now. Oh, you can always snag late round Colton Dowell and Mason Kinsey. I got to tell you, B-Dog, I know depth charts pretty well, and you got me on that one. I, I do know Mason Kinsey is a name. Colton Dowell. Whew, that is... That is a deep cut I was not ready for. But obviously, no, this is a Nick Westbrook, Akine, uh, Kyle Phillips <laughs> double stack. <laughs> Kill me. Let's get one more running back and then we'll and we'll fuck around with some Titans. <laughs> Ooh, this team, honestly, though, not a bad team. <laughs> Patrick Mahomes, Jameer Gibbs, Isaiah Pacheco, Zach Charbonnet, Jarrett McKinnon, Ty J Spears, Chase Brown, receiver, uh, Jamar, Jamar Chase, DJ Metcalf, DJ Moore, or DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Gabe Davis, Juju Smith-Schuster, MVS, Dalton Kincaid, Irv Smith. MVS, I think, is undervalued if he's running with the wide receiver ones still. Uh, you know, I don't know. Ooh. I love you, Spags. Just try to get Mahomes in the third with Kelsey to differentiate from the field. That's fair. But if you really want him, take him in the second is all I would say. But welcome back, Bo Neal. I'm glad you rid out your timeout. And we've, we've, reached, we've reached an accord. But if you take Nick, Nick Westbrook-Akine from me, oh, oh, daddy. Oh, daddy. There's going to be problems. Uh, all right. So now we're at the point of the draft. Have you guys noticed that? Uh, have you noticed our YouTube titles? And have you noticed how a very popular YouTube channel that has a lot more influence than us has started to use the exact same YouTube titles? Uh, YouTube titles. Think about it. I'll leave you to guess who that is. That'll be your game of the week. Or I'll just tell you at the end. But if you want to make a guess in the chat, guess. 
but I think it's funny. I think it's like nice for us, like nice to nice to be doing something to lead the way. This is what comes with the vague, the vague shroud of influence is that people will take your Titan stacks. So that's our trade-off. Oh, good. He's all mine. Until somebody else is like, you know, I've been hearing a lot of Nick Westbrook and Kine steam. <laughs> that's what influence is, guys. The true influence is being okay at SEO. <laughs> and then other people going like, wait a minute. Why is why is this idiot fucking yammering for an hour getting more views than the BBM1 winner? <laughs> oh, is that whoops? <laughs> um I think I'm gonna get some Titans here though. I think we gotta be looking feeling pretty good about my chances to get some Titans on the home stretch. Yeah, I might have given it away. Might have given it away. <laughs> no, Josh, not chess Liam. Liam is on his own plane. QB value drop. Yeah, that's because everybody's just waiting for Will Levis, I think is where we are in the draft. We had Jordan Love. This is too cheap for Jordan Love. Jordan Love is like, I know there's been some not great training camp stuff. Uh, the guy who's had worse training camp stuff is Desmond Ritter. Desmond Ritter can't throw for shit. Like for whatever Anthony Richardson's, you know, knocks that people want to give to him. Um, there were no camp reports about him just missing guys by two feet over their heads on every throw. That said, I'll still take Desmond Ritter. Anyway, if you've seen some of the previous uh, spag stacks here, you will know that uh, this team also is in fact going to qualify as a team. This is a, a perfectly mediocre team. I think I salvaged okay, though. I think I did salvage fairly okay. All right, we're just going to get off the beaten path. Let's really kick that Titan stack into full gear. Let's get some Will Levis in our life. Week seven, bye. So maybe he'll be playing by week eight. Maybe. Why well, take Ritter in the 17th and you get Mac in the 18th? I don't actually, Josh, that's not a bad take. I don't think Mac in the 18th is bad at all. I think you should treat Mac like a new player because the fact that they actually have an OC there who's like a guy who's actually you know been good at building offenses in the past or at least competent at building offenses in the past. They didn't have that last year. And Mac Jones, I think, you know, can run a little bit. Um, I don't hate the idea of Mac Jones as much as like the public does. Why is Purdy going so late? Isn't his ceiling the same as Cousins, Watson, caliber QBs? It's just because of the Trey Lance part of it. If Trey Lance does get to start early and does start hot, like you probably don't put Purdy in until Lance falls apart. So that's the risk profile. I think Purdy's appropriately priced, to be honest. I think he's right where he should be, going right before Will Levis. All right. Titans. Oh, Kyle Phillips goes higher than Nick, than Nick Westbrook Akine. That's surprising. I like Nick Westbrook Akine more.
Spags, you feel the seven inning stretch draft. I've been waiting for hours. What is what's is that like a high priced one? I've actually I do like the baseball drafts on underdog. I just don't have the time. And I really there was somebody who I saw, I think on my for you feed on Twitter recently that pointed out like how much more plus EV maxing out their like uh, their battle royales and whatever was than not just putting in, you know, 50 entries even. So like with baseball, especially, I do think like um, I noticed I've had some good teams. Like I had some top 10 finishers uh, in baseball slates because like people just don't stack up enough. But that said, like, if you want to win regularly, you got to be putting in so many fucking entries. And I just don't, I'm drafting these teams. I'm drafting these teams. <laughs> I can only draft so much. Like I appreciate the badge bros a lot for what they do. Just be able to jump from sport to sport. Cause I used to do that at stochastic and that shit's hard. It's hard to prep baseball while you're doing basketball, hard to prep basketball while you're doing football like that that's all very difficult to juggle all the brain of it oh it's a mid-season one okay i do have a couple dingers um but they're not doing great i don't know like they're doing okay they're middle of the pack but i just didn't have a great feel for pitching i think i got spencer strider in one of them which was good um but i think i took i think carlos rodon is kind of hurting one of my other ones i don't know just didn't get heavy enough on baseball. I still like baseball because baseball is like the most fun kind of stat sport. Cause like the stats really do matter. They're football. They matter too. Um, more than people realize, but for baseball, it's like all isolated power, you know, kind of shit. What is it? What is this? Kyle Phillips? Why is this a double comment? I don't, I did. Is that a swole cast joke that I missed? I don't know, but I guess for the ADP, it would make sense. That's how inequities work guys. All right, let's look at some of these teams. Let's look at Davis's team in the 18 hole. Starts with two running backs. Watson, Judy, Evans. I think Davis, Davis likes the boomers a little bit more. Boomer receivers. Michael Thomas, though, is one that I do support. Of course, he got Chig, which is a great pick. Who could ever argue that? Gus Edwards, nice value late. And again, James Robinson or Pierre Strong. I think both are very viable 18-round flyers there. And I'll give the plug to go check out Davis' stream with Hope. I think they do a good job. They're streaming a couple a couple nights a week, right, Davis? But let, drop it in the chat if you want. Um, but yeah, those guys do a great job. I've actually watched a couple of their streams and enjoy what they're doing. And yeah, shout out to all the new streamers too. Like I know, you know, a lot, it's hard, hard to do this on stream sometimes. But don't forget, really get angry at people. Like, really just fucking let it out. That's how you build audiences. You fucking make people feel awful for <laughs> watching your content. Now, shout out to Pickle Rick and Bo Neal for both ruining my teams, but also being good sports. I appreciate that. Kitchen loving. Good. I hope so. I hope I can get on that Dave Kitchen learning tree. I'm part of the Pete tree. Part of the, the Pete and the Osmo trees and the and the Dave Portnoy trees. All these all these great trees. All right. Kyle Phillips, you look great. You look anytime you get a guy who had 13 targets last year. Yeah, honestly, Chris Moore is a better player, right? Like he was actually kind of good. Fuck you, Kyle Phillips. Chris Moore! That's why we're getting different. Titan stack. You're never gonna see a Titan stack like this one. Will Levis. Nick Westbrook-Akine, Chris Moore, Tajay Spears. You want to get different? You want to get weird? You go with that Titan stack, guys. That's a classic Spags stack. There we go. 
Uh, but the final team here for the audio listeners, I will be putting this on the Splash Play podcast feed. Patrick Mahomes, Will Levis, Jameer Gibbs, Isaiah Pacheco, uh, Zach Charbonnet, Jarek McKinnon, Tyjay Spears, Chase Brown, Jamar Chase, DK Metcalf, DJ Moore, Gabe Davis, Juju, MVS, Nick Westbrook, Akine, Chris Moore, Dalton Kincaid, and Irv Smith. So we got some Week 17 correlations, not as much as I would have normally liked, um, but did get a good amount of Cincinnati KC, got some Seattle-Pittsburgh, or no, well, no, just Seattle. Yeah, just got Seattle on the Seattle-Pittsburgh side, but it's a team. Again, it is once again a team, and that's all I can ever promise to you. But I do appreciate each and every one of you for hanging out with me here as I scroll through all of our, our things. Please make sure to subscribe before you go. Uh, about like 60% of the people who watch our shows are not subscribed right now. That's got to change. So please subscribe down below. Hit the like button. Leave a comment if you're watching after the fact. I always reply. Of course, don't forget to comment on all of Pete's BBM4 videos as well. Each comment on a video gets you an entry. Uh, giving away $1,500 is Pete when he gets 15,000 subs. And that's going to happen very fast for Pete because of what he's been doing covering the run pure split. But uh, definitely great times from Pete and good stuff from Pete as well doing that for you guys. So check that out. Out, leave a comment on every video of his BBM4 entries. Of course, follow me at Chris Spags. I haven't tweeted much this week, but I'm going to get back to it. Follow the show at Splash Play Pod. And uh, shout out to the chat as well. Shout out to all of you guys hanging out with me. Oh, and yes, of course, don't forget to gamble responsibly if you do. Check out the stuff if you do need help. And if you don't need help, go on uh, Underdog. Use the promo code SPLASH, $100 deposit. We'll get matched on there. And if you want to get in this best ball world of ours, no better way to do it. But thank you guys, and I will see you again soon. Happy Memorial Day. Enjoy your weekends. Bye-bye. Wait. Bye-bye. Wait.